0: Disruption. Disrupted. Disruption. The term disruption. So I think we're we're now at a danger where people uh, switch off and dismiss disruption as a fad.
1: This word can strike fear into the heart of some in the business community. For others, it signals an opportunity. But is it just a passing phase? Or a Silicon Valley cliché? One researcher thinks we might be using this term a little too
0: often. Kai Reema, Professor of Information Technology and Organisation.
1: Kai is from the University of Sydney and has been studying disruption for the past five years. I asked him how he defines it.
0: Let's take the music industry, for example. When MP3 uh, appeared in the market, it indeed appeared at the fringes, and you could have said, um, yes, it is indeed inferior in terms of sound quality, it doesn't offer the same crystal clear sound as the CD because it is um, a a lossy compression format. So all of these kind of things seem to fit the theory uh, and it has fundamentally disrupted the market and it is now, today, um, basically the normal way to consume music by way of downloading MP3s or streaming music which is based on MP3 or uh, similar formats. The catch though is that MP3 is still vastly inferior in terms of uh, sound quality, but it no longer matters. So something else is uh, in play here, uh, a fundamental shift in what counts as utility, what counts as quality. So that it's not in a, in a way of linear improvement the uh, new entrant has improved. It is rather that what uh, we hold dear about the product, what we think the product is and what is normal in terms of how we use the product and how we understand the industry has shifted in quite fundamental ways. And that, in my view, creates the disruption. I think the danger is that we focus our theories too much on uh, the market as defined by the industry players, and we, we tend to uh, black box what happens in the wider world of the consumers and the, um, the everyday use of the technology, uh, be it in business or be it at the uh, sort of private use uh, with end users. Uh, and we also tend to misunderstand what technologies do. Technologies do offer new ways of going about our daily business or you know, going about our work or doing business but they also change what we expect from the world how we see the world.
1: can you give us some examples of disruption as you see it at the moment
0: <laughs> okay well that's an interesting question because it is very hard to predict uh, disruption and that is in the nature of the phenomenon that i have just described in hindsight once we've all switched over to the new way of doing things, it looks inevitable because we look back at the CD world and we think, wow, you know, CDs were quite cumbersome. You had to have all this space in your living room. You couldn't really take them on the road. You couldn't consume music anywhere. And you were really limited in in your music choice to what you could afford in terms of uh, buying CDs. Today, all of that has changed. We have access for a very small fee per month to... Basically, all the music in the world that has ever been produced by services such as Pandora and Spotify. But no one would have, most people would not have desired or even imagined that that was possible back in the day.
1: So some of the common digital platforms that people mention as being disruptors, like, for example, in Transport, Uber, or for example, accommodation through Airbnb, these sorts of businesses, do you think that they're really disruptors given how you're looking at disruption now?
0: Well, yes and no. They're disruptive to incumbent businesses, that's for sure. They might become even more disruptive uh, going forward in ways that are very hard to predict. And um, we can see some glimpse of this. Uh, Uber is quite openly moving to driverless cars. So Uber might just be a passing phenomenon in a wider shift to driverless ter- transportation more broadly. But a world in which driverless cars are normal is very hard to, to imagine because it, it would have allowed to do things in a vastly different way. It would probably allow us to build cities very differently, houses you wouldn't need garages, you might not even need walkways because people and cars could just walk about in the same um, areas because driverless cars might be able to just swerve around people and we might not need parking spaces as much but we might need different ways of, you know just getting started on this you realise that this change is quite holistic and it ties in with so many different things that a world in which you know, the, what Uber is starting, this trajectory, might fully be fleshed out. It's, it's very hard uh, to predict what it, what it looks like, what it feels like, what it allows us to do, and all the kind of things that come with it in terms of lifestyle and, and new business opportunities. So, yes, I think these services are, disruptive, are are disruptive, but I don't think we've seen the full extent to which that might unfold.
1: What does this mean for businesses in particular who might be looking to disrupt or become a part of these disruption in a particular area? Or on the other side of it, incumbent businesses who might be wondering about the future and how they can handle disruption better. Is there anything that they can take from this? It seems like it might be too hard to predict when it's coming.
0: Yeah, I think we need to take a different approach. View of the future, right? The future is not something to be predicted because our predictions tend to be linear, more or less linear extrapolations of what we already understand. I think we need to accept that the future is created. So the best we can do is take part in this and have a stake in um, how change unfolds. Now, that is reasonably hard to do because there's any number of developments, technologies, things that you could do at any moment in time. And most of these will never. Become uh, the kind of disruptions that we talk about in hindsight. However, I think what businesses need to be aware of is what happens at the fringes, at the fringes of their markets, and even things that might not initially uh, appear to be relevant to their markets. Um, My professor at uni years ago used to uh, give us an example which is like manufacturers of drills need to be aware of not other drill manufacturers, but anything that can punch a hole in the wall. So potentially laser manufacturers might um, become um, competitors to drill manufacturers once they you know, solve the problem that when you punch a hole in the wall, all the houses in the same street have the same hole in the same spot. That hasn't happened, right? But being part of what happens at the fringes, uh, I think is, is a good way to do. And many income businesses have realized this, and they're mixing and mingling um, with the, the startup community. What is very hard then is to actually react to and change your own business when disruptions unfold, because everything really in the incumbent business, job titles, incentives, the way in which you know the, the way in which you organize everything you think about your business is usually tied in with the old way of doing things. So it's very hard to actually change that. So many businesses have taken on creating separate businesses, separate units, um, you know to grow a lifeboat should the disruption eventuate. Um, they could then grow the business on the basis of the new business unit while the other incumbent business unit shrivels away. Uh, Over time, the main thing is that disruption has become overused, so there seems to be a certain saturation that is uh, that is setting in. And you know, someone has once said, and I don't know where the quote comes from, but we tend to vastly overestimate the effect of technology in the short term, but underestimate the effect of technology in the long term. So I think we're we're now at a danger where people. Uh, switch off and dismiss disruption as a fad. Uh, And I think that is dangerous. I think what has to happen is uh, a distinction between uh, the kind of disruptive changes that are still unfolding and the use of the term in more meaningless ways to just stand in for change.
1: That's Professor Kai Riemer from the University of Sydney. I'm Jenny Henderson, Melbourne Business and Economy Editor at The Conversation. Business Briefing's theme tune is by Ben Sound and you can catch more episodes by going to our website or subscribing via iTunes.